Hello and welcome to Backchat, your podcast all about scoliosis, yoga and back care. My name is Christine Jaregiberry. I'm a yoga teacher, creator of the Yogaberry Yoga for Scoliosis community and YouTube channel. And this show is all about supporting you on your scoliosis journey. So if you're looking for practical advice and inspiration on how to manage the condition with yoga and movement, then you're in the right place. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Hope you're well. Um, welcome to Backchat. Welcome to Yoga Berry, your Yoga for Scoliosis community. Welcome, especially if this is your first time here, if this is the first time you see me. Uh, my name is Christine Jaregi Berry, and I'm a yoga teacher. I specialize in yoga for scoliosis, and this is my weekly chat um, here all about scoliosis, really, even though it's called back chat, um, specific, more specifically, we do talk about scoliosis. And if you are here live, please make sure that you come and say hello. Um, yeah, tell us where you're from. Tell us where you're tuning in from. This is uh, your community, obviously, as much as it is mine. And I love when people are, are connecting and, um, yeah, where we're exchanging what we know supporting each other because really that's what this is all about and this is really why i started my youtube channel um now four years ago and when i when i decided to dedicate it completely to scoliosis and um yeah sharing my practices to to begin with and i shared kind of what i learned on the way and um yeah and then working more and more with students as well, obviously, and always learning more. So Dr. Fishman has been kind of part of this journey really as well, just because one of the first things that I came across, obviously, when I uh, was on my on my yoga journey was this study from Dr. Lauren Fishman about side plank. And I will talk about this in a little bit more detail. Um, but I just wanted to acknowledge the the fabulous Elise Browning Miller as well. So I've just been um, watching as a as a recording her um, scoliosis level one and two training. Um, some of you might have seen it as well, and it's it's been great to kind of reconnect in this way. Obviously, I can't go to California right now. Um, she's not coming to the UK, so. Uh, this this Zoom version and uh, you know recorded practices is really how we're connecting right now and it does work very well. And um, hi Laura, hi Denise, and <laughs> lovely Laura is saying hello from cold and rainy Buenos Aires. Super nice class this morning, loved it. Uh, thank you so much, Laura. So yes, we do have a weekly class on Wednesdays. And I did, so I, you know, in this class, I, I bring in what I learn, obviously, as well. And I've just been inspired by Elisa's practice. So I brought a little bit um, into the practice today. And we were we were working a lot with the, the feedback from the wall and uh, props and all of that. So, yes, it's a journey at the end of the day. And we're, we're all always discovering new things. And it's important to keep sharing and, and keep um keep in touch with your teachers as well right because they might change their minds and uh, they might learn new things and they might kind of 
change things up, just putting it out there because that's definitely what's what's happened to me. And um, from starting my YouTube YouTube channel four years ago, definitely my practice has changed and definitely some of my opinions have changed because of the things that I have learned. And, and one of the things obviously is side plank and, you know, my thoughts on, on this yoga pose and on practicing asymmetrically. So I assume um, that you're curious. Well, maybe you just tuned in because you're just like talking about scoliosis generally, but let me know if this was specifically, did you tune, tune in for this um, reason, for this topic specifically about side plank? Maybe you're not quite sure what side you should be practicing it on, practicing it on. Maybe um, you've, you're not quite sure if you should practice it asymmetrically. Um, yeah, tell me where you are with this. Maybe you have been practicing it asymmetrically for a while and wondering if it's working or not. So um, would love to hear what your thoughts are. Good, lovely. Denise is saying hi, Denise, let us know where you're from. And uh, saying that she was curious. I was curious. Yes. <laughs> Aren't we all? We're all we're all very curious about does this work? Does it not work? Which side should I practice it on? What if I've got an S curve? Should I practice it on both sides? all these questions right and it's something that comes up in my uh, yoga for scoliosis community all the time so if you search for it in there um lovely denise is from india okay lovely so if you if you do search this term in the in the facebook group it will come up all the time so first of all you know where is this coming from Dr. Lauren Fishman, if you haven't heard of him, uh, his website is sciatica.org. Uh, he is a, a medical um, professional. He's a doctor. He is a professor at Columbia, Columbia University in New York. He's got a clinic there as well. He's also a yogi and practiced um, directly with BKS Iyengar. So he's got this yoga background and then he's got this head of a researcher and also another very curious person. And he was wondering, well, you know, scoliosis is asymmetric and the muscles obviously pull differently. So really, we should be doing things differently on one side to the other. Candice is saying hello from Connecticut. Hi, Candice. So his, his thinking was, um yeah if, if the the muscles pull more on one side what if we just pull more on the other side and then straightening the spine this way right so this is this is and i've spoken with him a, a few times obviously and some of you might have seen my interviews with him um there's definitely there's a free one here on the on the youtube channel i've got another one a longer webinar which you can find on my youtube channel where, where he goes into more detail and different yoga poses for scoliosis um but that that's what his thinking was and he started researching it and he started um basically trying it out on people and having lots of people and i just had a look on his website 
He said he's got uh, 700 people that that he's seen over the years with scoliosis and that have been trying these things. Um, and a lot of them got better. Some of them got worse. Some of them, nothing happened, right? So again, we, we need to kind of bear this in mind that this is a, it's a research study. Um, as far as I understand, they did come into the office, so he did meet them personally, but a lot of them just practice it at home. So there's no really, uh, we can't tell if they actually practiced it, if they practiced it properly and all of that. So this is just to kind of bear this in mind when we're, we're analyzing data at the end of the day and and deciding if this might work for us or not um so that's the theory that's what he's trying to prove that if you practice this pose every day um for as long as possible once a day then it will reduce the scoliosis curvature now a lot of the um a lot of the people who have tried it were quite young as far as i know um, so a lot of them were children or young adults and it's for them it seemed to work really really well and a lot of them um, apparently reduced their scoliosis curvature and then um, it also apparently worked for for the older ones not quite as well but it it also did work for them so this is kind of a summary of dr lauren fishman's um, kind of research and his study um and it's it's great it's great that it's out there right it's great that somebody takes an interest in this and obviously tests this out and tries this out now what i have to say on this note is that uh, there are many many critics of this uh, type of method and um there are many people who say it doesn't work it actually makes it worse and there's a lot of people who say well it doesn't really do anything right so again let's let's keep this in mind as well i don't know um i think that there might be some studies to prove the opposite as well so it, it's it's very interesting this this sort of thing isn't it and and i did talk to my osteopath about this and he did say, say to me look you can prove anything with a study at the end of the day if you want to prove something you can you can probably prove it so that's not to say that it's all rubbish and it's you know it's all a big fat lie um what dr fishman is saying but it's just to kind of to keep an open mind and um to acknowledge that there's a lot that can go wrong with with research studies and that we you know that just because this has worked for a number of people doesn't necessarily work for the individual. Um, again, bearing in mind that some of them actually got worse. So it's great that this study is out there. Now, what he is suggesting, what we do know is that he's suggesting to practice the side plank on the um, convex side of a lumbar scoliosis. Convex side of a lumbar scoliosis, right? So that means if we have a s-curve for example like this this is the convex side so this lovely person here if we're looking um, at them from the back oops holding it into the camera they would be practicing it on the left side 
right? So the convex side is down. Let me put this away again. Um, so, and they would only practice it on that side. Now, having worked with some Schroth therapists as well, um, and I always ask people, I always ask health professionals what they think about this. Some of them do agree. Some of them say, yes, the convex side needs to be down, but it needs to be pulled in. It needs to be pulled up against gravity. But you also need to lift the top leg. Because what you do want to do is to strengthen the, and actually, interestingly enough, the uh, Schroth therapy or Schroth approach, they call the concave side the weak side. Again, interesting. Um, that also needs to be strengthened, but it needs to be strengthened in an elongated and a lengthened position. So it needs to be strengthened differently. Right. So how confusing is this? Right. So there's one person who says, no, you have to strengthen the other side. There's, a, there's other people who say you need to strengthen the top side. Um, I know Erin Myers uh, from Spiral Spine, she has, oops, she has published a uh, an article or a video, I think, at least where he's where she's talking about it. And she said, no, you should be practicing the side plank on the other side, right? On the complete other side, on the concave side. So all of this makes me a little bit uh, nervous, let's say, recommending to do this pose only on one side, which is why I have always taken the more moderate approach and said, practice it on both sides because you need the strength on both sides, but do practice it a little bit more on the convexity. But really what, what I've now kind of developed and what I what I believe is it's more about how you practice it um, rather than which side. So I do practice it on both sides, but it might be slightly different on the left side than the, than the right side. So that is kind of, what I think right now, and you know, obviously this might change. And um, I'm always, you know, if, if anyone has got any thoughts on this here, please feel free to to chip in as well. Um, because wouldn't it be nice if there was this miracle cure, right? Don't we all want this? That there's this recipe, and um, you just have to practice this one thing every day, and your scoliosis will reduce. Wouldn't that be amazing? Unfortunately, I don't think it is quite that simple. Good. Candace is saying, what if the rib hump, uh, oh, the rib hump pain is prominent? Okay, so this is another thing, right? So the, the reason Dr. Fishman um, recommends this, the side plank is to reduce the curve to reduce the curve. It's not to reduce the pain, even though he is saying that if you reduce the scoliosis, you also reduce the pain, you know, from a kind of research perspective and pain science perspective, there is no direct correlation between scoliosis and pain. Not, not saying that scoliosis cannot cause pain. That's not what I'm saying, but it's not the case that the bigger the the bigger your cop angle is, the more you have scoliosis, um, the more pain you have. That is simply not true. That's simply not the case. 
And a lot of times, uh, people that have smaller curvatures actually have more pain. So it, the, again, because there isn't any direct link, that approach might not be the best. If you're, if that's what you're looking to do, and you know, Candice, I completely understand you because that's what I would like to do. I would like to feel well in my body, first of all. I don't care what my x-ray looks like at the end of the day. Um, I want to have no back pain um, and I want to be able to move well and be able to tie my shoes and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, now that I'm 40, but also in 20 years and maybe even in 40 years. So um, if pain is a problem, that would not be my approach. You know, I wouldn't say, again, rib hump, especially rib hump pain, you know, maybe that's that's even like going into the shoulder, if your shoulder is affected, and then you're also doing the, the asymmetric pose just on that side, might not be the best approach, right? It, there might be other things that might be way more beneficial for you to get started with and maybe finding a little bit more symmetry, first of all. And I do, in, in, in my classes, I work a lot with, um, well, first of all, we work with breathing and relaxation and, you know, resetting the body before we start to strengthen it, because otherwise we're just strengthening over the gripping and tightening and over the areas that are um in chronic spasm and in chronic pain so to me it doesn't make sense just to then go on and, and strengthen straight over that kind of trying to mask it um but no we kind of want to release that first of all and then starting to to strengthen it so i'm hoping that this kind of answered your question i feel that that would not be the um the best approach Good. So Laura is saying, as for side planks, I always wonder what if you realize too late <laughs> that it did not, didn't, did not only didn't work, but it made things worse. Yes, right. I agree. Right. Um, and how how do you know? Well, fortunately, um, you know, if you've and Laura, I know you've got a yoga practice because you come to my class. Um, fortunately, there's a lot of things that are telling you that it's getting worse right and the the whole thing that we do in the beginning of the class where we're lying on the back you get a lot of feedback from that right you you know when your rotation is getting worse you can feel when your scoliosis is getting worse you, you know be interested in in yourself you do not need to have an x-ray every six six months, even though that is kind of the, the sign, obviously the obvious sign, there are other things that you can do. And, you know, you can do the Adams forward bend test with a scoliometer. Now you can't do this on yourself. But a scoliometer is a, is a little device, a little plastic device with a little ball inside, which just basically measures the rotation of the of the spine. Not expensive to get. You need somebody else to do it. They do not have to be a physiotherapist. There are plenty of videos on YouTube about how to use this. And that can give you some information of about the rotation and if it's getting worse. So you're not going to wake up one day and like, oh, my God, you know, everything is completely worse. 
unless you have completely neglected your body, obviously, and, and you've just been ignoring your scoliosis completely. I would say that's not going to happen, right? It, it's something that is going to be um, happening gradually. So, um, yeah, I think as an experienced practitioner, you kind of know when things are not going in the in the right direction, and and obviously pain is a is another kind of signal, and um, it's it's a good indicator, obviously, that, that things are not working out so well, and that was kind of my issue with the side plank. So I have a straightforward left lumbar scoliosis, um, kind of mild to moderate. So I would be a good candidate to just do the side plank on the left side but i'm not <laughs> because i feel that left side is already um it's tight it's gripping already so i don't want to tighten it even more and i don't want it to grip even more i do kind of i agree that the i agree with that trust um uh approach where they're like well you do need to strengthen the other side as well just in a different position right in a, in a in a lengthened position so i personally if i practice side plank i would do left side right side left side so i do the left side a little bit more than the right but i'm also really paying attention to my alignment so when i'm on my left side i'm really drawing in from that convexity to bring space in that concavity keeping it open and strengthening it at the same time but i do feel that both sides of the body deserve some attention good so denise is asking is plank good for scoliosis so plank um as opposed to side plank is a symmetrical position obviously and i by the way i'm not saying side plank is not good i'm saying side plank is very good right um but the question is should you only be doing it on one side that's the main question plank is a very good um pose for scoliosis because it's it's strengthening right it's strengthening the whole upper body it's it's strengthening the core um it's challenging as well you know it gives you something to resist gravity and it's a it's a great pose i'm uh, in my opinion lovely so anna is saying i have curve on my right side mainly in the middle of my back I feel like my right side is shorter. Which side would I give more time? So that's a great question. Um, so to me, it sounds like your curve might be going to the left. So when we say when we talk about the sides of the of the curve, um, just to kind of bring this back here, we talk usually about the convexity. So where is it going to? Means this side. So that would be the left side, yep. and that would be the right side, right? And this means this side is shorter. The right side is um, kind of shorter, and the left side is a little bit longer. So if you were looking at yourself, usually what's, what's happening is that that left side, if you have a curve pattern like this, the left side is kind of straight up, straighter down and the right side there might be a little bit of a dip in that side 
so I'm wondering if that's what's what's happening. Um, it might be the opposite for you. So a really so first of all, x-ray, right? I always have to say this, you know, get an x-ray, then you know exactly what's going on, especially if you're thinking of doing something one-sided. Um, but the Adams forward vent test is another really good tool to find out which way your curve is going to, right? And again, you do not need to be a, um, you know, medically trained professional to do this. Um, you basically just bend forward and you're looking from the back and see which side is, is higher. And that gives you a clue of where the convex side is. Um, so, and, and also, so the other, the other part to this is obviously, so you're asking which side should I give more time? Very, very, very great question, right? So Dr. Fishman would say, you need to strengthen the convex side. I would say, both sides need attention, right? The concave side needs attention because it's 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 short. It's um, the muscles cannot lengthen, so we want to release them passively, actively, however you want to do that. And then the other side is usually the louder side. I don't know if anyone agrees with me, but very often and when i when i uh, work with clients as well i find very often that the convex side is the side that gives more trouble that there's more pain there's more tightening gripping um all of that is coming out usually on the convex side doesn't mean that you know again doesn't mean that that's true for you you might be uh, the complete opposite um so i would actually dedicate a little bit more time in the beginning especially and i've been experimenting with this a little bit more to the concave side because that is kind of a, a forgotten part of the body and maybe you know this this is certainly my experience and it might be your experience as well that um, there's less connection to certain areas of the of the of the body and the the torso especially so I would investigate that further basically and and start with breath awareness start with breathing awareness i've just done a an instagram challenge uh, which is free and you you know you can just find it on my instagram yogaberry.scoliosis and the last post that we did was kind of a seated seated position breathing awareness and just noticing where does the breath expand and where does it not expand and that gives you again gives you some information about maybe some areas that might need a little bit more attention from you right now good so i'm getting some thank yous here from candice from laura and from uh denise which um hopefully means that i've answered your question Good. Angela is saying, I have a rib hump on my right side. I started laying on a small wedge under my upper right side for an hour or so at night. I have a rib hump on my right side. Started laying on a small wedge underneath my right side for an hour or so at night. Is this good practice for derotation? Um, this is, yes, uh, lying on your back, I assume. Just... Uh, answer this for me. I'm assuming I'm hearing um, lying on your back and you bring something underneath that hump side on the right and allowing for the left to release. I do think that's good. Yes, 
but I'm wondering if the bed, if you're, if you're doing this in bed, um, and I'm just assuming here, you might not be doing this in bed at all. I'm assuming, I'm, yeah, if you do this in your bed, it might not work so well. But if you do this on the floor on a hard surface, that might be quite a, might be quite a good practice. And um, what it does, it, as you say, it derotates, right? It, it brings that, that um, side of the ribcage forwards or up, and then the other side can release a little bit more. So interesting, this is also, you know, bear in mind, these things are different for people who have had spinal fusions or not. And I haven't touched on this at all. So at the moment, I'm just assuming you've all been, you, you don't have spinal fusion. And uh, again, Dr. Fishman is very specific with this, that his approach, no, not for spinal fusion, right? Um, then you just work symmetrically. If you, if you haven't had a fused spine, then you can do all these things. Um, so at, she's been doing this at night in, in bed. Yeah, so, and, and then it kind of depends. If you're like, I'm looking at my mattress there. If that's too soft, um, I'm wondering if you're just sinking further into that convexity, if you're doing that on a soft surface. So I would prefer you do it less and do it on a hard surface. So maybe not for an hour, um, but you know, maybe like 15 minutes and try it on the floor and see how that goes. I feel like that would be doing a little bit more rather than doing this in, in a bed. But, you know, obviously, if it does help you and if you feel like, you know, it feels better for you, then by all means, keep going with that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my opinion on this. And there was somebody else who said something in the beginning which i missed and we were not um we were not live yet okay so kathleen was saying use of props well placed can help bring scoliotic spinal curves towards improved alignment and i i do very much agree with that statement um i love working with props and i love working with uh, blocks with belts and you know wedges, hand towels, anything like that. Today, as I said in my in, in the class, um, we worked a lot, and this is a class on, on Zoom, by the way, so you're more than welcome to, to join it at, from wherever you are in the world. Um, we used the wall quite a bit, and it's very, very interesting, the, the feedback you, you get from the wall, right, and just Again, as with, with scoliosis, our um, proprioception, uh, which means how we feel in the space around us or in, in relationship to the space around us, meaning we might feel straight, but actually we're not really, or we're not in alignment. Um, this is challenged, right, with the scoliosis. And so the wall doesn't lie and the floor doesn't lie either. So they are very, very good tools to give us some information. And I think that's what, it, what it's all about. It's about learning. It's about getting to know ourselves and then 
helping ourselves. Again, this is why, you know, and again, I hugely respect Dr. Fishman. Um, he's such a delightful person. He's really nice to talk to. Um, he's very knowledgeable. Um, but my approach is very different from, from his approach, right? I am not interested in uh, curing scoliosis with one yoga pose at the end of the day. I love yoga. I, lo I love the practice of yoga. And I think it does so much more than um, bringing us alignment physically. You know, it's about the, the, the connection, body-mind connection, obviously, relaxation. Um, oh my God, the breath, we can learn so much about this. You know, it's, it goes so much beyond um, just the, the, the physical, emotional well-being, so, so important um, for those of us with, with scoliosis as well, emotionally feeling-centered, feeling-aligned, and all of that is, is really, really important. So it's not to be underestimated. So basically, Kathleen was saying in the beginning, if, if yoga practice means regular asana practice to you, also set aside time for pranayama and meditation. And again, I do completely agree with this. Um, it's not it's not just the physical yoga poses. And this is how yoga is different to to other kind of movement practices, possibly from, you know, Pilates or, um, you know, anything like that. It is also it, it is also a spiritual practice at the end of the day. And meditation is part of it right? The mind is part of it. It's probably the most important thing um, in this whole kind of puzzle piece. So yes, I do. I do agree with that. And um, it's not again, this is why I, I don't think just one yoga pose is enough um, for our toolbox at the end of the day. Well, I certainly need a lot more than that. And if I only have time, for one yoga pose, you can guess what that might be. Have a guess. If I only have 20 minutes, what am I going to do? Okay, Laura is saying, after the class, I did the tree pose with the ball behind and really very different and harder, yes. So that's exactly what we did. We did the, uh, the, the tree pose standing um, by the wall and uh, this is the, you know, I have to credit Elise Browning Miller for this because um, she she was teaching this in her workshop. And in the beginning, when I tried it out, I was like, well, I don't need the wall. I can I can balance. I don't need this. But oh my God, all the the information you get from the wall and the alignment, not just kind of aligning the head over the body, but also the left and the right is is just amazing and the the transfer of weight is slightly different so it's going to challenge you in a slight in a different way is it better or worse it's not but it's you're learning something right and this is what this is all about and and i'm a firm believer in not always practicing the same thing um i like to change it up and i know we want to keep it simple and we we want to always have a little routine and we always practice this but we shouldn't get too comfortable, right? We we should um, explore the uncomfortable. I think that's very important. It's 
we learn so much more if we're uncomfortable rather than when we're comfortable in life generally right uh, we learn a lot more if, if things are harder if things are difficult rather than if everything is uh, just really easy peasy so that is true for for the yoga practice as well and let's not forget from a brain perspective um, neurology perspective, all those connections with the, the, the brain and the body, um, they need to build up. And the ones that are not being used, they disappear. They are forgotten about. Again, this is why we have some forgotten areas in our body, because the connection to the brain is not there. We just simply don't feel them anymore because we haven't used them. So it's really important to keep uh exploring those areas that we might not have explored for a while and learn something new it's really important to change up things um learn something new whatever that might be and if you've just been practicing yoga bring some other things in right and you know whatever strength training uh you know other approaches other movements a little bit of dancing zumba whatever do something different to what you've always been doing and you will learn a lot and you will find out a lot. So Laura is saying Shavasana. Yay, 10 points for Laura, exactly. So in my opinion, this is the most important. Um, yoga pose and if I only have time for one yoga pose, that is exactly what I would practice. Um, now this, you know, obviously might be because of the uh, the, the time of my life <laughs> I've got two children so I just need rest basically most of the time um, but who doesn't benefit from rest is there anyone who doesn't benefit from resting I don't know I don't think so I think we all do and I think we all live in uh, you know the whole COVID situation is stressful in itself you know even if we're not kind of rushing around and traveling and doing lots of things it's the mind is still stressed right and we don't know is it going this way is it going that way what can we do now what can we not do and oh we have to be you know we have to be scared that you know people are in danger obviously around us and you know what's the best approach nobody knows all of that is stressful right so it is really important to um to relax and it's going to have a big effect on the way that you experience pain as well there's always more pain when we are in stressful situations is that true i think it is true yes and it's certainly true for me i know when i'm you know when my back goes into some sort of spasm it's usually got something to do with what's going on in my life right now um so very important not to kind of underestimate um, this and where exactly it comes from. Good, so Laura is saying, but so many times after the practice, we used to rush to do some other chores and we do not pay the attention we should to Shavasana. Yes, and um, yeah, absolutely. And and I think it is it is really, really important to take that time to you know, have a good have a good practice, obviously, but then also take the time to let the body absorb all the benefits of the practice. 
And um, like today, we only had like the five minute Shavasana and I felt a little bit guilty about it. I was like, oh, really, we should we should have had a much longer version. But, um, you know, it, this is always there for you. And but sometimes we kind of have to be forced into it, right? Being honest with yourself, would you take the time and just lie on your yoga mat for 10 minutes every day? I don't know, maybe try it, maybe give it a go and see what happens over the course of um, a week. And by the way, my my uh, teacher, Judith Hansen-Messeter, she would say minimum of 20 minutes. <laughs> so 20 minutes Shavasana. You have to be super comfortable though. Um, so you cannot have any like, my right side, my left side and all of that. So you have to be really, really super well supported to be able to be in Shavasana. Good, sorry, this has taken me into a slightly different direction, but let me know if um, you've got any more questions about this whole side plank um, question, side plank approach. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that I kind of conveyed what I, what I believe, what is, what is true uh, for me right now. And this is after, you know, I was, diagnosed with scoliosis 35 years ago. Um, so a long, long time ago, it's been in my life for a very long time. I've, I've tried many, many things, spoken to many, many experts. Um, I've worked with many, many students with scoliosis and I do have a daily practice. So it's true for me right now, it's what I believe right now. It doesn't mean that, you know, this cannot change obviously. Um, but yes, I do believe that the the yoga should kind of go beyond just a couple of poses. And um, it's about learning and exploring and really sensing what's going on in our bodies and addressing the asymmetries that way. Good, lovely people. Now I've got one more announcement. Don't go away. Um, I'm actually launching my new website today. So this is very, very exciting. Um, so if you want, you can have a look at it now and then have another look at it in, in a couple of hours. So it should look completely different, which is very exciting. So I'm really, really chuffed and I'm really pleased with the way that it looks. So make sure you do check that out. Next week, I've got the lovely um, Jen Gorman here, who is a yoga teacher, Pilates teacher, uh, lots of different modalities. She'll be a great um, person to quiz about side plank. I'm going to ask her as well to see what she thinks. And um, yes, see you all very soon. Thanks, Candice. Bye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did I would be super grateful if, if you could leave me a five-star rating and review which will help me to create lots more amazing content. If you have any questions or suggestions reach out to me on Instagram at yogaberry.scoliosis or visit my website at www.yogaberry.net.